thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Ladies, welcome to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Andrea. And I'm Ashley. Hey, we switched that over today. (laughs) We had a little pause. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jump in. (laughs) Welcome to the show. We're so excited again, as always, to have a chat to you ladies uh, and really appreciate you tuning in and listening in. And of course, the guys out there too, because a lot of these topics cross over into uh, our men's health, even though it's not directly geared at the boys, but I can certainly say that uh, health is health and there are some foundations and some principles that don't change regardless of gender. Um, and one of those things that we're going to talk about today, that regardless of man or woman, this is something so, so relevant is talking about cosmetics, beauty, skincare, and some of the key nasties that are in there that are actually affecting our health very quietly, very secretly, because at the moment, one of my key frustrations is there's way too much grey zone in this green space we saw call wellness and health and organic and natural. And I'm sure you ladies listening have seen on the labels of, of the bottles and products and things that you're purchasing that there's just so much use of the term natural isn't there Andrea and they use that that term organic as well as like an advertising claim and so they'll put it in the label um, or the name of the actual product but it doesn't mean that there's any kind of organic ingredients in there whatsoever Um, and organic compounds can still be highly toxic Um, so it's almost like some really clever marketing um, but we have to go a little bit deeper and we really have to start reading labels and knowing exactly what we're buying what we're purchasing and what we're putting on our skin as well And this is what we commonly call uh, greenwashing. And so if you've heard the word greenwashing before, basically that's just a a blanket all to say, hey, right now, unfortunately, because of some really lapsed regulations in labelling and product labelling and regulation through regulation bodies, a lot of these things are sitting in a a grey zone. They're in an unregulated space. So basically they can make all of these claims and not have to validate or justify those claims. And so they can put it on product labels and quite easily and quite quickly mislead consumers like us um, and I know I'm certainly one guilty of falling into the trap and two totally freaking sick of getting caught out turning the bottle over and going hang on how can you possibly call that natural look at that nasty chemical sitting in there and I really just feel very lucky that I've done the research over so long to start to become quicker and I guess um, more effective at looking at labels and knowing what to put down and what to pick up um, and hey ladies I mean I guess you're probably a bit like me growing up there's something about about growing up in families with women where you almost have like brand loyalty have you noticed that you just <laughs> if your mother used a certain product or a certain thing you tended to just almost like copy her or follow those footsteps I know like in my house for example I was thinking about what is it that I used for a long time before I became really conscious of this whole healthy uh, skin healthy life routine get rid of the chemicals get rid of the toxins and nasties what I call low-tox living um and I was like, oh, yeah, like my mum, Dermalogica, there was a lot of things like Clarins and some really big Estee Lauder was a big one. Like if it mm-hmm. was a real splurge product, it was always like an Estee Lauder and that. And it took me years, you know, in my life after moving out of home to actually start to consider, well, hang on, what am I putting on? I'm just putting this on because my mum did and she told me it was a great product and I loved, you know, how glowing her skin was. But truth is, 
is it, was it a great product? And that's what you know, this, this episode's all about today. You need to go into your cupboards and have a look. Is what you're putting on your body as healthy as what you're putting in your body? Ash, I definitely had the same experience growing up as well. My mum was an athletic. Let me try that again. Um, my mum was a beauty therapist. <laughs> it's a much easier way of saying it. Um, so you know, we we grew up with all of these beautiful beauty products that she would use initially, and then as she kind of got on this wellness journey as well, a lot of that sort of crap left the house, but particularly with traveling so much and being in the duty-free zones of the airport, how easy is it to want to go and pick up some of those like beautifully packaged products that are, you know, very luxury and quite expensive and, you know, they smell divine and putting them on your skin feels amazing. But then when you realize what is actually in it and the process that goes through to get to that state and also the damaging effects that it has on either the environment or particularly the testing process if it's on animals as well um just getting into there is incredibly toxic and damaging and then what it's actually doing on your skin after that is just as bad um so i i guess it's it's tricky for women because it's such a um, a sensitive issue, particularly if you've ever had skin issues as well. Um, wanting something that's, you know, anti-aging and antibacterial or whatever it might be, whatever your particular concern is, is what you're going to be wanting from your skincare. And that's why that marketing is so clever. Um, but that would also be a red flag or a warning sign for me. If it has any of those words or labels on it, that would make me want to steer clear of it completely. And we'll go into some details shortly about why that is the case and why it's able to say those things, but what chemicals actually make it that way and why they're so destructive for your health. Well, let's just shout this out right now because chemical-free cosmetics and skincare don't exist. And I know some of the ladies are going, what are you talking about? Of course they do, organic and natural. No, I'm, I'm talking about this is a misnomer that's been pervasive across particularly the beauty industry, um, touting things as chemical-free when just think about it carefully for a second, chemistry is the building block of life. So even a water molecule is considered a chemical because it's made up of H2O, two hydrogens, one oxygen. And, you know, so when we talk about chemical-free cosmetics, it's it's a rubbish thing to describe. So I think really what people are asking is that they want products that are low in synthetic chemicals or absent, you know, free of synthetic chemicals. That really means that they want sort of natural rather than synthetic, safer rather than toxic. And I think when we're talking about the skin, you've got to understand that whatever we put on our body has the capacity to be drawn into our body thanks to that incredible organ that we have, which is our skin. And I mean, did you know that we absorb up to 60% of what we actually put onto our skin? And children's bodies are even more absorbable than that. They take in almost double of what adults do. So it is just so important what we have around us and what we have on us. I mean, currently, like I'm getting some stats from America because it's tricky to get some of these data studies from Australia. We just don't have quite the uh, funding in the big, uh, I guess you'd say, publishing uh, state that the Americans have. But, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking, the FDA has, has listed over 13,000 chemicals in cosmetics and only 10% of those have been evaluated for safety. So it's really quite easy for things to slip through uh, and under the radar in cosmetic industry because of just, you know, confusion in labelling processes. And just because something hasn't been yet deemed unsafe doesn't mean it's safe. Oh, it's, true. It, it's that total grey area. Um, and 
From what you were saying, Ash, about the skin, we know it's uh, absorbent quality anecdotally by um, things like the nicotine patch. Oh, yeah. So yeah. people would use, say, the nicotine patch, or if you're in the UK or the US, you could be using hormonal contraceptive patches as well um, that will give you a sort of metered dose of those chemicals that's absorbed through your skin directly into your bloodstream. So we already know that your skin is highly absorbable and completely susceptible to anything that's in the environment. It's it's part of what its role is as well. Um, so just because you're putting it on your skin doesn't mean it's safe and it doesn't mean that it's not going to get into your bloodstream as well because that's, that's just the process that happens. And, of course, I think most women want to put things on their skin that not only nourishes their body but makes them look better too. You know, the whole point of skincare, generally, I think for me personally is like, you know, avoid ageing effects, try and um, nourish the skin, look glowing, look healthy, you know, not dry and flaky, try and avoid wrinkles and creases. Like there's, there's an intent there that we want to look beautiful. That's the whole point. This whole industry is founded on aesthetics, the beauty that's on the outside. And that's so great to acknowledge as well because whilst we all want to be beautiful on the inside i think external beauty is something that we really do care about um and therefore with that care in mind let's take that a step further and just understand what the skin is why it does what it does and some of the things that you can be doing to i guess avoid damaging the very thing you're trying to achieve because a lot of people don't realize putting all these chemicals on the skin is actually aging the skin faster and it's such a confusing thing to say, but hang on, I'm using anti-aging. And the fascinating thing is all of these chemical compounds have the ability to damage the DNA synthesis that creates new skin cells, which, you know, in time will actually make you look older. So, yeah, this is important. And not to mention the fact that there's the endocrine disrupting component of all of this um, mm -hmm. because so many of these chemicals affect our hormones. And, ladies, if you are in any way have a history or have been on a pathway a bit like me with, you know, issues in reproductive health, then you cannot ignore this topic. You must, must, must address the issue of what you're putting on your body through your skincare, hair care, um, and all the things you're applying to your body. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're helping to reduce your stress load in your system whilst trying to balance your hormones, one of those stressors is toxins in the form of, you know, all of our personal care products. Um, so that's why you're going to hear this time and time again on all of the shows that making sure that we're reducing that toxic load from these things. So, um, Ash, run me through like what a, what a typical day would be for a woman and what her toxic load might be. Okay. So, ladies, think about this for a second. I just want you to stop what you're doing, have a think about what did you do in your morning routine this morning that sometimes you don't even call a beauty routine. It's just your get ready for work routine. Um, what did you actually do? So I think you'll probably find that you – jumped out of bed you went and had a shower um, in the shower you probably used a soap or a body wash did you maybe then shampoo let's try some conditioner throw that on there as well um, a protein treatment possibly if it's the weekend you've got time to actually relax and take a longer shower than normal um, and then maybe jump out of the shower next steps probably face you know you start to get the face care right so cleanse exfoliate toner moisturize probably put on an SPF hopefully primer foundation let's go makeup stuff now you know powder to finish uh, eye makeup let's just go through eyeliner mascara blush bronzer highlighter um eyebrows so eyebrow pencil <laughs> lip liner lipstick 
touch of gloss. Uh, then you're probably going to jump into the hair. You're going to want to blow dry it, curl it, or straighten it, something like that. So there's probably products you use for that to try and you know achieve the best results possible. Smoothing syrups, finishing products like gels or hairsprays. Um, oh, don't forget deodorant. <laughs> yeah, and of course your finishing little puff of perfume too. Yeah, body lotion. I mean, there is just if you think about that just for a second. How many products did you use this morning? And of those products, how many ingredients do you think were in all of these products if you added them all up? And then break that down one step more and think of how many of those ingredients actually chemical nasties. Do you actually know what you've done today? in terms of how many chemicals you put on your body because there's so many different sources providing different numbers for this, but I'm just going to throw the the lowest end to the highest end that I've read so far. Um, and we've got numbers from 168 to 515 chemicals are applied by women daily onto their body. That is a terrifying thought because these are not necessarily helpful or healthful. We're talking about potentially harmful chemicals that are disrupting your health and uh, affecting, you know, your skin quality as well. And the, the other worst part is if you're a teenager, they suspect there's actually a much higher number than that because a lot of the t- the things that are geared and marketed towards teenagers are often laced with more chemicals because of fragrances and and the aesthetics that they want to achieve for that that you know, desire to purchase that product. So, oh, isn't that scary? Can I, um, yeah, can I freak you out even more? If any of those, <laughs> yeah, if any of those products had fragrances in them, there can be up to four thousand chemicals just in that one fragrance. Oh, <laughs> but they yeah. don't have to be listed. It's just listed as fragrance, right? Yeah, it's a blanket all term, and they don't have to yeah, sort yeah. of subcategorize. So. Uh, yeah, that is horrifying and terrifying. So, ladies, if you're listening, laughing and think it's quite funny because I know at first I sort of did the maths and went, oh, my goodness, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, and you also it also gets so ridiculous if someone's comical and you think, oh, I, look, I just can't do anything about this. I, how can I avoid it? Because it's just everywhere. I mean, look at these numbers. You can't possibly stop this happening. It's in everything. It's not my fault. Um well, I disagree. I think there is a lot of things you can do to look after your your beautiful skin and your hair and the things you absorb. Um, first and foremost, step one is awareness. And that's what this episode's about today. Like, get aware, uh, start to understand where these things come into your health harm. It's These things are seeping into your lifestyle and you don't even notice. And now today's about noticing and then hopefully giving you some advice and some direction to make some choices and some changes. So, Andrew, talk us through, like, let's just talk about the skin because I think the skin is just so important and if we understand what the skin is designed to do, we suddenly understand why it's so important to choose organic and safe products. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, you, you mentioned before it's our biggest organ and it's supposed to be that first barrier from, you know, the outside world in. So it contains um, a whole bunch of things that are going to help to ward off bacteria and viruses, um, including, um, uh, you know, bacterial and all sorts of other things on the external surface there. Um, and then all of the dermal layers are there to, again, ward off or protect you from, I guess, any any invaders. It also has a level of absorbency so that you can absorb nutrients through the skin as well, particularly things like when you're out in the sun, you're um, absorbing and synthesizing vitamin D. Um, you know, that's just one, a nice, easy one off the top of my head. Um Ash, what else? Well, look, it's it's quite basic when you really think about it. If we just think about this, we've got three main functions to protect us, 
yep. to regulate the flow of things coming in and out. So this can mm-hmm. be good and bad and otherwise. And um, sensation as well. So it's just so important because... Oh, yeah, I forgot that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sensory organ as well, uh, which is, you know, hot, cold, touch, all the rest. Um, and, you know, exactly as described, it's there to prevent most of the bacteria and viruses and substances from entering the body. However, the, the whole trick behind a lot of the chemicals and compounds that have been synthesized in the beauty industry is it's designed to go through the skin barriers. So they make them fat soluble or things that can pass through that first dermal layer. Um, and I mean, the epidermis is the outer layer. It's relatively thin. It's pretty tough. Then you go down a layer and then you start to work into the dermis and that's the next layer down. And that's where most products are geared to sort of affect because this is the layer where it's fibrous and elastic and it's mostly collagen, elastin and um, fibrillin. So, and that's what gives us our skin's flexibility and strength. And it contains nerve endings and sweat glands and the oil, the sebaceous glands, um, hair follicles, and blood vessels. So, because we know that layer contains blood vessels, hopefully now you're getting the picture as to why things put on the skin can actually absorb through tissue into the bloodstream and passed on to other areas of the body and usually going to organs of elimination, which means this is why we can get toxic buildups in other organs of the body. All right, Ash, so we've talked about what like a really toxic day might look like. Um, I just to give a bit of a frame of reference, I would love for us to share what our daily routine, um, what sort of skincare or beauty routine looks like. Um, you go first. What does yours look like? Well, look, I can promise you this, ladies, that it's not uh, what it was, say, 10 years ago. Um, what I did before is something I definitely don't do now. So, you know, years and years ago, I just went and bought a product of the thing because I knew I had to put moisturizer on. I went, just went and bought any cheap thing off the shelf at Woolies when I was going for shampoo because whatever was cheapest and half price and two for one was just whatever I brought. I really probably wasn't as brand loyal to any of those because I was just <laughs> uni student life, just whatever I could afford. Um, but I know that as soon as I started to really think about my health, I started to get a little bit scared about some of the things I've been doing for such a long time and I, my beauty routine changed and suddenly I became conscious about what sort of things I put on. So let's just go through my regular morning just quickly. Um, I will say this, I am not a queen diva in the beauty realm because I'm a pretty simple person in the way that I don't use too many cosmetics. I don't use too many um, layers of foundational makeup. I've really, I guess I did when I was younger, but as I've got older, I really appreciate, you know, natural beauty as well. I think that comes with self-confidence and having that ability to look at yourself and say, hey, beauty is, is beauty whether you cover it all up or or show it all off it's still beauty you're gonna have to appreciate who you are um so my routine now looks like something as simple as jumping in the shower um the body wash brands and the hair brands that i use uh, particularly here in australia we have great great you know natural resources i use a brand called mugu um nothing fancy nothing you know too flash about it but absolutely chemical free in the way that it's low chemical it's no nasties and we're going to talk about some of the things you're going to avoid in these brands very shortly but then from there so this is just the really basic one um for me it's then you know a little spritz of uh, an essential oil based um toner so toner mist and then some face cream um and all of which are natural as well i'll use the argan face oil rosehip oil a beautiful blend that um, i sort of create up myself just for around the eyes and areas that get drier on my skin um and then yeah go on with the makeup and the makeup brands i'll list a little bit um a little bit further down this episode but 
there's just so much to it and every single product has been vetted and checked. I had, there's not one single product in my cupboard that hasn't been put there because I know every single ingredient in that product. So I will say this, once I know what I want, I just keep buying the same thing now. So yeah, <laughs> um, cool. the confusion's gone. That's why worst out of people, the first step is the hardest part. The first step is the most confusing, changing it, finding the brands that work for you, finding the right products. I can tell you I probably would have gone through a dozen different toothpastes and a dozen, probably a dozen different deodorants to mm-hmm. find the ones that worked for me because they were the hardest. Um, I found the skincare stuff pretty basic like it just came along you just found one that worked it was really nice great keep using it um if it wasn't as great maybe next time try a different either formula in that brand range or try a different brand range but um they took a lot but i just laugh at how many unfinished tubes of toothpaste i had because <laughs> i just didn't like them or deodorants oh, that just didn't, yep, didn't work and uh, look that sounds like an expensive waste of money to not have something you're not going to use but once you find the one thing ladies promise you just try and try once you find the one the one that works for you you'll just keep working with that one and it's so much simpler and you never have to think about it again you just go buy it done and you know what you're doing yeah how about yeah, yours, Andrew? What does yours look like? So that probably doesn't answer what does what do I do, but it's just like how I got to this point. What about um, you? No, no, that's okay. That makes sense. Um, mine is so basic and so simplistic and a lot easier than I think what it used to be as well. I think I'm the same. Um, I definitely went through phases of having a much more detailed kind of skincare regime. I just don't have time for that anymore anyway, so I just need something that's super fast. Um literally all I do with my skin um, and it will change depending on what my skin's doing as well. So I'm kind of, I will like, I guess, listen to my skin as well to see what it needs and it will change through the seasons as well. Like in winter, if it's a little bit drier, I'll, I'll change things up a little bit. But I literally use just a, um, like an, an organic and I mean like a certified organic um, cleanser and it's not a foaming cleanser. Um, it's just like a sort of gentle cleanser because the foaming agents are your sodium lower sulfates which are pretty toxic um and then all i do after that is literally use a little bit of coconut oil or some arnica cream um and that is that's the extent of it and i find that the coconut oil is like a really um nice base for if i'm putting on foundation which i just use like a mineral powder foundation um the brand i use is from the makeup factory which is a chemical free range um that's local over here which is really cool um and that is like honestly the long and the short of my regime um the type of deodorant i use is from dr organic um it's a pomegranate one which i like i'm trialing a probiotic um deodorant at the moment so i'll keep you posted on that it was a gift given to me from someone um here who picked it up from the market so um I'll, i'll let you know how it goes and I used to love perfume so much. My signature scent used to be Chanel Chance, like during, you know, the start of my university, that was like my scent. Um, and I, you know, still have these beautiful bottles of perfume that never get used um, just because I just don't need the toxin exposure anymore. Um, and I think the more that you learn about it and once you know these things, you, you can't really unknow it and you can't really sort of go back. Um, I have super duper curly, crazy thick hair, um, <laughs> which is just, you know, it's it's quite unmanageable sometimes. Um, I The hair products that I use is just a, a shampoo and conditioner called Giovanni, um, which again is 
fairly toxin-free. Um, and the hairdresser that I use uses all natural hair products. Um, I really want to try the um, the bicarb soda, you know, the no poo, the no shampoo um, kind of regime. I just haven't quite got there yet because um, I feel like I need the time to actually give it a go. Um, but I'm not not quite there yet, but I'll get there. <laughs> Oh, look, so I think as you can hear, ladies, we we have different approaches. We do different things here, but the end of the day is we've done the same thing and that is to try and eliminate and reduce the toxins and the nasties as much as humanly possible. Is it possibly 100% organic? Chances are yes, it is. Um, Does that always fit in with lifestyle and ease? Maybe not for a lot of people. So I do say sometimes the thing is you've got to find – the best of the best. So you've got to or like eliminate, you know, the the worst anyway, at least to yeah. be conscious of that. So I think probably the next question that you're going to ask us is, well, okay, so it's all very nice that you girls know what to avoid. So <laughs> what am I looking for? What am I supposed to avoid? Um, and so I'd like to run through quickly what I have found to be the 10 major offenders when it comes to cosmetic mislabeling or ingredients you don't understand, things that are harming you that you must, must avoid. And if mm-hmm. these are in your products, you need to seriously consider whether you continue to use those products or whether you literally should just bin them right now and start again. Or, you know, for some people, they say, yeah, but that's just too expensive. I say, okay, that's fine. Finish it off. And the next time you purchase something, make a better, wiser, smarter, you know, low chemical purchase. And this is the choices you have. So let's run through some of those top 10. Now, you just mentioned the foamy agents, sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS, um, SLES. These things are found in anything that foams. So it can yeah. be shampoo, yeah. body wash, face wash, um, toothpaste, toothpaste, bubble <laughs> bath, um, hand soaps. This is something that makes things foamy and bubbly, which is something actually a lot of us have got so used to we actually like it. So for a lot of people who are switching over to organics, they find it frustrating that some things don't bubble or foam as well as they like. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just something we've been taught. So if you didn't know something was – let's just say we had products that were never meant to foam and suddenly they started foaming and we got used to foaming we like it but if you never knew it was not meant to foam in the first place you probably wouldn't care less either way so um really what it's designed to do is to break down water and grease and i think if you realize that this same stuff was used in like floor cleaners and engine degreasers um car wash you might really now start understanding why we certainly recommend you eliminate it because it's not just cosmetics it's used in it's used in a lot of industrial uses as well Mm -hmm. um it's certainly got some harmful long-term effects and they can cause skin irritations and trigger allergies. Um, even some of these are contaminated with formaldehyde, which is a really scary byproduct of um, a petrochemical processing. So nasty, nasty stuff. So there we go. Number one for me is SLS and uh, SLES. Andrew, what's yours next one? Yeah, cool. Um, Ash, quick question. What... Yeah. Um, what toothpaste do you use? I've got two. I like Phytoshield. It's a brand. Um, mm-hmm. There's the Herbal Range, the Botanical Oral Care Range. Um, I've also just started recently using the Magic Mud Toothpaste. Oh, oh my cool. goodness. Totally love it. There's one. I can't remember the total name of it because I should have grabbed it out of the bathroom upstairs to, to read it off for you. But it's the one with the clove um, clove flavor. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. I'm so in love. Aside from the splats of, you know, black dots that are 
all over my basin that I have to wash every day. See, the thing is with white toothpaste, you don't notice it on a white basin, but black toothpaste on a black basin, on a white basin, you definitely notice. So I, yeah, I'm in love with it. And I just think there's just so much um, interest in that product right now. So yeah, Magic Mud, the uh, toothpaste, so cool. If you ladies haven't tried it, I just, just for the curiosity, if nothing else, if you decide it's not for you, that's totally cool. But um, yeah, that's, that's on mine. What about you? Um, I use Aloe Dent, um, which yeah, again great. is a, um, you know, a kind of toxin-free one. It doesn't have any of the sodium lauryl sulfate or those sorts of things in it because I found the taste or, yeah, just the, the taste and the texture of a lot of the natural ones just to be ugh, so foul. But this one, I've got it. It's got aloe vera in it. It's got like a nice peppermint um, sort of natural oil in it. It's it's fresh and it's even got some like uh, um, coenzyme Q10 and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I like that one. Um, that one's for me. Uh, okay, so my, the first one on my list, um, and we're going to get into sunscreens as well because that's really important, but is parabens. Mm. And we all know that I'm hoping hoping that we all know now that parabens are one of the most widely used um, preservative that's put into personal care products um, because it helps to uh, extend the shelf life. So it stops that bacteria for, or, you know, even molds or yeasts or those sorts of things growing in that product. Um, so I'm sure that that's probably a good thing for the manufacturer because they want something to have a really long shelf life. And if it does have that, that should be a warning sign to you. Um, so if it doesn't have an expiry or a use by date, I would use with caution um and so parabens we know are part of that xenoestrogenic family so they have those endocrine disrupting chemicals that has been directly linked with increasing your risk of breast cancer yeah and um, a myriad of fertility problems so early menopause um, early onset of uh periods and cycles in young girls yeah yep. because really of huge. the estrogen mimicking um and these are powerful powerful estrogen mimicking products um and they you can find them in your makeups body washes deodorant shampoos facial cleansers um and they're also in a lot of food and pharmaceutical products as well um so just be really, really conscious of that. So that's your parabens. And here's uh, another little one on the parabens too. There's recent studies showing that um, methyl paraben, if it applies to the skin and reacts with UVB, it actually leads to increased skin aging and DNA damage. Mm, so remember the count of I was talking about how some products we think we're putting on to make our skin look better. There's actually parabens within a lot of those products that are going to damage the skin faster. So it's a vicious cycle. Um, so mm -hmm. you're putting on something to try and help the very thing that it's actually doing to your body, which is damage. Um, so yeah, look, that's definitely it. So we've got number one, you're looking for out for anything that's labeled with SLS, SLES. Look out for parabens. There's lots of different ones, isobutyl, um, butyl, methyl, propyl parabens and mm -hmm. then look out for phthalates and they can be listed as DBP, DEHP and DEP and these are in synthetic fragrances, nail polish and hairsprays are the most common areas. Um, they're yep. plasticizing chemicals. I mean, who wants to put plastics on their body? <laughs> so uh, say no more. I'm not going to go deep into that but just know that it's their endocrine disruptors because of the plastics, you know, the fact that they're a plasticizing chemical, there's links to potential birth defects, um, damage to organs such as kidneys, lungs, liver, not not good stuff. So this is in a lot of the things that are labelled as fragrance on a on a bottle. So as you mentioned, mm -hmm. there can literally be thousands of products within a blanket word fragrance. So you can be so careful about that word fragrance and just about every product on the shelf, unless listed otherwise, will list fragrance and you mm -hmm. do not know what's in it. So 
And the reason that um, manufacturers were allowed to just label something as as fragrances rather than actually putting the chemical compounds in there is because originally that term was created to protect the company's, um, you know, quote unquote, secret formulas. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, Coco Chanel didn't want the Chanel number no. five to be reproduced anywhere. So that's why it's just, you know, it's just fragrance. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure there's, you know, some kind of copyright issues there, but it doesn't help us as consumers um, feel any safer with that. Um, And with the phthalates as well, exactly as you said, Ash, it's definitely uh, linked to your endocrine disruptors. Um, It will increase your risk of breast cancer. We know that. Um, It also has been linked with early breast development in women and men as well. Um, There can be reproductive birth defects in males and women. um, And yeah, it's found in the the things that you've listed too. Um, So the next thing on my list is triclosan. And this is a um, very widely used antimicrobial. Um, so it's a chemical that will be, um, you know, purported as being, oh, uh, kill the bacteria on your skin or whatever it might be. But again, it's going to make that product um, bacteria resistant. So I want you to think of this as almost like an, antibi- an antibiotic. Um, and I know that I certainly don't want to be taking antibiotics, nor do I want to be putting them on your skin either. Uh, and so these are in your soaps, um, your toothpaste, any of the antibacterial skin washes as well, um, including your deodorants too. Um, so be really, really careful with them. Yes. And it's also a known skin irritant as well as a hormone uh, disruptor, particularly for your thyroid and your reproductive hormones, triclosan is linked to. Yeah, so it doesn't just affect us too, ladies. Unfortunately, when you uh, wash it off, it's toxic to the aquatic environment as well. So they're finding this show up in all sorts of areas of the environment, which is really scary. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just think a little bit further down the line. It's not just about your skin. It's once you start washing things off or washing your hands down the drain, unfortunately, these are things that can't be removed out of the water filtration systems or the water quality systems once uh, your wastewater leaves your house. So, sadly, things that are labelled antibacterial are really things we should be steering clear of. Um, The studies show that the regular soaps are no more effective or less effective than antibacterial soaps. So why are we using these ones still? I wish they'd just take them all off the shelf. Uh, You know, there's too much science saying that we're creating this issue of antimicrobial resistance, antibiotic resistance, so (laughs) I don't know why they're still there. So, ladies, flick flick out the uh, antibacterials. Um, Propylene glycol is another one. You can find that cosmetics, baby wipes, um, lotions, toothpaste, shampoos, deodorants. There's in a lot of different things. Again, same stuff. It's all affecting the body, damaging the – well, in this case, central nervous system is is an, an end organ that can be affected as well. So, um, if you're wondering else what, I mean, some people who've done their chemistry, propylene glycol is actually, um, your brake hydraulic fluid and antifreeze. So, <laughs> so if, if you work in uh, engineering industries, propylene glycol is something you already know about and you'd wonder why on earth would you put that in a cosmetic? So yes, please avoid that. Um, and is it any wonder that people have got such sensitive skin nowadays? So we're seeing such an influx of things like dermatitis, um, eczema, psoriasis, and, you know, obviously some of those are more autoimmune related, but it makes so much sense as to why people have got such sensitive skin because of these toxic chemicals that we're putting on there. Um, Ash, I know that you just briefly mentioned formaldehyde. Um, oh, but I, it's I wanna, so hard, this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Um, 
Um, so formaldehyde we know is a preserving agent. So again, this will help to prevent bacterial growth and will extend the shelf life of that product. And it may not actually be listed um, on your your products, but it's in most nail polishes. So ladies, if you're going to have your beautiful shellac or gel nails, there's a very high chance it's got formaldehyde in it. I'm very, very sorry. Um, and you want to be really careful of that. It's in body washes, shampoos, conditioners, cleansers, your eyeshadows, um, and any of your nail polish treatments as well. These are the most common things. Um, it's known to be really harmful to our immune system. It's definitely a neurotoxin as well. Um, and it's now considered a carcinogen. It should have been listed as a carcinogen a long time ago, but we absolutely know that it is now. And it's linked directly from these cosmetic um, sources to nasal and nasopharyngeal cancers in particular. So that's just from the cosmetic sources. Um, I'm going to call out the Body and Soul magazine just for a second here. Um, they put out an article a little while ago about um, safe skincare products for women, particularly when they're pregnant, because, you know, when, you know, and Ashley would know this firsthand, but when women are trying to have a baby or are pregnant, all of a sudden they become a lot more conscious of the things that they're putting on their skin, which I think is fantastic, but I don't think it should be any different when we're not pregnant. And they've put out some do's and don'ts. And one of the do's is still go and have your manicures and your pedicures and still use, um, you know, your nail polishes. And it says that the chemicals such as formaldehyde and acetone are in such low doses that it will not harm your baby. I completely and utterly disagree with that. There is absolutely no safe level of formaldehyde in your system or on your body whatsoever. So there probably just hasn't been research that's shown damaging effects to an unborn baby from that product in nail polish, but it doesn't mean that there's any safe effects of that either. Um, so yeah. I just think that that was, um, that was disgusting. So sure, go and have your manicures and your pedicures, but make sure you're using products that are safe. Yeah, and look, formaldehyde's a tricky one. It's when you first said formaldehyde, because even I have been caught out with this one because it doesn't get labelled as formaldehyde very often. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, if it's not the word formaldehyde ringing red red alarm bells there, it's really hard to know what it is. I would love to read you out the list of names, um, but honestly, they're so quirky that I'm not even sure, one, I can say them, and two, that you're <laughs> even going to remember them. So, um, We'll make sure we pop them Yeah, I've definitely got a list of link to this because they're, they're hidden under other sort of ingredient names, and this makes it really hard to figure out whether you're witnessing a product label with formaldehyde in it or not. I think I'm going to just have to link you and show you what these are because like, for example, 2-bromo, 2-nitropropane, 1-3-diol, bronoprol, glyoxal, oxaldehyde. I mean, these are really quirky chemical yeah, names, so it's very yeah. hard. It's not just the, the easy term formaldehyde. <laughs> That's the easy one to look for. It's the yeah. other ones that are not. So, look, like you said, it's a known carcinogen. It's a known cancer causer. I think eliminate full stop. Not just a little bit is okay. Full elimination. There's no amount of uh, a carcinogen that should be considered okay. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And not only will we list the um, alternate names for formaldehyde online, but we'll give you a list of the top 10 things to avoid. Um, and just as a really good resource um, for you too, Ash, I think you just mentioned quickly the Environmental Working Group. Um, they've yes. got uh, a skin deep database, yep. which actually lists a lot of these things as well. So we'll give you some lists to that too. 
Brilliant. But I think it's a general rule of thumb. If you can't eat it, if you can't put it in your mouth, it shouldn't be going on your skin. If you can't pronounce it, if you can't recognize what that chemical is, or you don't trust the brand, then you absolutely should not be putting it on your skin or in your mouth or, you know, in your hair or whatever it might be. Um, I do want to talk about sunscreens just quickly because this is a bit of a very contentious topic as well. Um, particularly in Australia with the levels of um, skin damage and skin cancers and melanoma and those sorts of things, we're certainly marketed at to make sure that using a very high UV protective sunscreen, lathering it all over yourself and your kids and most um, moisturizers and uh, foundations and those sorts of things will have sunscreen properties in them as well now. Um, But what we do know is that these are some of the most chemically laden products that you can actually put on yourself. Um, For me, I don't use sunscreen ever. Um, I have certainly toyed with some natural brands of sunscreen and some of them are better than others, but I take a very um, sensible approach to being out in the sun. And, you know, I'm such an ocean baby. We're we're out in the ocean every single day, but I'm not going to stay out there for three hours and allow my skin to burn to a crisp. Um, I'm going to use the heat of the sun and as a warning sign that I've had enough and I need to go inside. Do you know what I mean? Like when we lather ourselves in all of that sunscreen, we're giving our bodies a false sense of security that just because we've got sunscreen on, we can stay outside in the full heat of the sun all day long in summer when it's 40 degrees outside and, you know, the UV um, rating is so, so high. I think that it's just kind of curbed our common sense. Does that make sense? Oh, look, absolutely. Um, I going to have to say that I I need to use sunscreens because often our sports commitments put us out in the sun at a time that I wouldn't want to be out there. Um, that's a little bit different, yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 a challenging one. So I do have to make recommendations for people to use uh, natural sunscreens because I just know that if you're standing out, your kids are playing cricket in the middle of the field for four hours in full sun, me racing in the afternoons, race start probably – one thirty, two o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to get fried if I'm on the water racing for two hours. It's just not possible for me to to cover up enough because the reflective UV coming off the ocean. Um, yeah, sure. I could put a hat on, but guess what? I'll still get fried on my face, even though there's no direct downward sunlight on my face. It's all coming up from the water. Um, yeah. So I look. I, I totally agree with you, though, that we're just so confused about what we should be doing with sunscreen. Um, we're so used to having these UV filters, thinking we're safe that we can go into full exposure in the worst part of the day because we think the sunscreen's there to save us from uh, from cancers. But Australia's got the high, one of the highest rates of skin cancer in the world. So, I mean, and I don't think we're talking about people that are generationally stupid and then have not been applying sun cream. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure so, best sun smart um, campaigns in the world. And whether or not, you know, that's doing us more harm than good, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. But I know that the chemicals in sunscreen mm-hmm. are absolutely linked to cellular damage and cancer as well. Yeah. Um, they're absolutely endocrine disruptors. You can put all of those chemicals um, from sunscreens into your hormone disrupting um, list. Uh, and again, we'll post these online. And what, one thing that the Environmental Working Group has done has given, they've uh, evaluated the 10 best sunscreens, particularly for kids, and the 10 worst sunscreens for kids. And here in Australia, um, Banana Boat is a really popular one, and that was listed as number one on um, the Environmental Working Group list for being the highest chemical laden 
sunscreen. Um, there are some good natural brands. Um, Ash, is there one in particular that you like? Yeah, look, I've got two in front of me right now. Actually, I brought them out so I could um, to quickly rail them off. But I've got one called Soleo Organics. This is just mm-hmm. sort of uh, for me a bit of a daily one. It's considered SPF thirty. It's got three hour water resistance, um, and it's key active ingredient is zinc oxide, which is a physical barrier. So that's the physical blocker rather than the chemical blockers. Um, the other one I use is UV Natural Sunscreen Sport, which is just designed to stay on a little bit longer. It's a little bit um, more heavy duty, which is the one I'll use when I'm on the ocean and yep. the, the wind and the salt water and everything's probably likely to wash it off. Um, and that's that's my go-to as well. And we have a brilliant um, uh, little one that comes from down south coast, actually, Margaret River, which is like a magic mud face ink. And again, it's all natural, but it's got a few little uh, ochre colors in it. So it's sort of like a um, invisible zinc, but it's, yeah, it's great. And again, zinc oxide is a component, which is the physical block. So um, a lot of people will go, oh, but then I'm going to look white. Well, yeah, that's kind of what happens because. Yeah, yeah. um, And that zinc hide is definitely probably the lesser of the evils in terms of um, some of the products in the sunscreens. Um, You have to take the best the worst remember i said like you've got to try and pick the best of the worst that's yeah, one of those situations yeah, if you can't have a physical barrier such as clothing such as getting out of the sun then you need to make some choices and uh, that's the choices that i've found so look we've gone through a lot of stuff andy how about we quickly recap that it's excellent um, idea yeah because i think i'm even i'm going hang on we, we mentioned things i think i've missed a few things i know that um i would definitely want to mention peg peg if you see that anywhere which is polyethylene glycol get rid of that one yep. um yep. Uh, we've, and look ash we'll, we'll post them online um yeah, it's if much this easier. is seeming like uh pretty overwhelming for you how do you go about changing things out how do you um you know fit the bill for this as well and i can tell you that my skincare regime is pretty cheap <laughs> you know i use the coconut oil from my kitchen um, that I used to cook with also on my face. Um, and Arnica cream is certainly uh, certainly not expensive. Um, I mean, Arnica actually helps with collagen repair and growth, so I'm hoping it's got some uh, anti-aging properties for me, but who knows? Um, we'll find and, out the right way, though. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do yeah, an experiment definitely. over time. At least we know we're not adding chemical harmful nasties to our bodies. So, ladies, I just want you to uh, take home from this one that there are so many things you can avoid that are going to make your health so much better, going to stop disrupting your hormone and uh, endocrine cycles. And, of course, this episode's about natural health care, natural beauty. I believe you're already beautiful, but there's certainly some things you can do to enhance that beauty, and that's where choosing the right skincare products, choosing the right shampoos, and conditioners and toothpaste and deodorants, the things that are used in our daily rituals are just so, so important. There are so many amazing, you know, homemade natural DIY solutions you can have. Andrew's just mentioned, if you've got coconut in the cupboard, there is so many different, beautiful, amazing cosmetics you can create. You need some sugar, you need some salt, you need coconut oil. If you have some cocoa butter and you have some essential oils and um, possibly things like uh, maybe you might also have some bicarb soda, as you mentioned, or some sugar zinc oxide. Honestly, you can make some incredible creations, just home body care routines. So don't despair, ladies. We promise you it's not as hard as it sounds. (laughs) And it can be as simple as every time you run out of one thing, 
then just don't repurchase that same brand if you're aware that it has some of these toxins in it and just each time try and make a better choice. Um, and it can be as simple as that. And then, you know, possibly within 12 months, you've completely changed your entire skincare regime and your health will, you know, certainly benefit from that. Um, ladies, I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, long words and names and things like that to be aware of, but we will absolutely post them online. We would love to hear what your little skincare tidbits are. Um, so post them on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, which is underscore the wellness women. Um, and you can certainly communicate with us on our Facebook, on our um, website as well, which is thewellnesswomen.com.au. Please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. We love your comments and feedback. So, you know, feel free to give us that rating if you think we deserve it because we certainly love that and it really does help get the message out there too. Um, And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.